Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, fellow gamers, and welcome to the Multiplayer Gaming Podcast. We are a group of three dads who love gaming, and on Thursdays like today, we have a Twig episode where we break down This Week in Gaming. Please make sure to hit the follow button so none of our content slips past you, rate our show five stars, and leave a written review. You can also help us out while unlocking perks like two bonus episodes every month if you support us on Patreon. You can go over and see support options at MultiplayerSquad.com. I am your host, Paul, and joining me, he's been sorted into Slytherin House. He can be found casting unforgivable curses and taking out anyone who stands in his way at Hogwarts. It's Josh. Crucio! <laughs> I have been the jerkiest wizard imaginable, man. I'm not going to lie. I, Dude, within the first probably 30 minutes of this game, I had a student that I ticked off so bad that 10 hours later, I was walking through the common room and she was telling another student about what a jerk I was to her. And I was like, this is glorious, man. (laughs) Oh, these poor students. All right. And then joining me and Josh, he's been spending time in the garage with grinders, welders, blowtorches and other tools to trick out his 1985 station wagon. It's Michael. Yeah, station wagons are so cool. You know what's funny is sometimes Paul changes it up and he'll introduce me first. Now I'm never ready for it. But the second I heard Slytherin, I'm like, no, that's Josh. This is Josh. Nobody could ever accuse me of being there. And everyone knows that's where Josh belongs. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So this week we have uh, quite a bit of stuff to cover. And uh, hopefully if we have time, we also want to touch base a little bit on The Last of Us TV show. But we'll go ahead and we'll leave that for last in case we uh, get into some spoilers there. I-, I think the biggest news of the week is the fact that Hogwarts Legacy did release on February 7th with early access, February 10th for everyone. And it seems to really be a huge success. I was not entirely sure how the game was going to sell, especially with movements to boycott the game and things like that, but it has officially smashed the Twitch record for the most live viewers for a single-player game ever. It also has topped the charts on Steam, Xbox, and PlayStation stores, and I've read online that they estimate it's probably already sold 10 million copies, if not more. So this one has turned out to be quite popular here this week. It's funny because I'd love to go back to our Twig episodes. I mean, we cover gaming news. This is a game that we have talked about a a pretty good bit because it's been in the news and the the people got hyped for the release and then they kind of got unhyped for the release. And and we were the same way, man. We were very 
up and then we were down <laughs> and then we were up and then we were down and then the game finally releases and you know it's getting really really good reviews it's all of a sudden it's getting all this press and positivity uh, you know as far as how good the game is it absolutely explodes on Twitch. I mean, 1.3 million viewers for a single player game. That's huge. I mean, let's remember games like Cyberpunk that a lot of people were looking at. I mean, there's been some big single player games, but I think with Hogwarts, it, it lends itself to being easy to watch because you're getting to see how people act like wizards and you're getting to see the magical you know, places they go and stuff like that. So it's like, I get why people would want to watch this game. It also didn't hurt that people that pre-ordered it got three days early access as well. So, <laughs> you know, I think that helped a lot of people say, I want to check it out and see what it's about before I think about buying it. Yeah, I I learned one thing. Don't ever trust my takes on this show ever again, because I remember at one point, quoting quoting myself like this is going to be a niche audience i don't know if it's going to be a huge success because you know you're looking at really kind of harry potter nerds and some people that want the open world apparently everybody is one of those people like everybody in the <laughs> world all of us are those people although i just looked up i'm 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 wondering like what's causing this this game to be so successful because it wasn't like word of mouth got around like the moment this game launched like boom instantly you're seeing 700,000 people playing it before the even launch date, the official launch date, are playing it on Steam. And then I'm looking, and I'm looking at the top 100 like highest grossing films of all time, and number 16 is Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows Part 2. Every movie above that is pretty much either a James Cameron movie, or it's Disney, or it's Marvel. So, like, you kind of look at it, and it's like, okay, this is maybe just a really popular franchise, and people have been begging for an open-world-esque type of game on this for a long time and maybe that's just what's driving this because i don't know what else would make this game of all games the first one to crack a million people on twitch to to play to be to be streaming or watching this simultaneously as a huge harry potter fan and as someone who also worked at a movie theater when the first two movies released it's hard to overstate just how popular these movies were i mean i know you weren't as big of a fan michael and josh is a is like a casual fan but I think for a lot of people, this is the first chance to actually have like a Hogwarts simulator where you get to live through the process of going through it all. We've had a lot of Harry Potter games that have not been very good. And I think this is the first one that has like that first unique take of going all the way through Hogwarts. Well, you know, starting as a fifth year student. Um, we're not going to go into too many details about the game yet because we do have it on our schedule to deep dive. So we're all currently playing it. And then our deep dive episode will release on the 27th. So at the end of February, you can come check that one out and we will offer all of our thoughts and uh, figure out where it'll be on our leaderboard. I think that'll end up being a really interesting conversation. Yeah, probably uh, one of our shorter deep dives. <laughs> i don't know about that no we'll see. Like, i'm like two hours in this game and i'm like already okay yeah yeah there's already so much that we, we could talk about and we're all just in the opening hours still all right and then this week on february 8th we had the latest nintendo direct and i know that you two are not very big switch fans so i was kind of guessing maybe there's not a whole lot that grabbed your excitement but i wasn't sure how'd you guys feel about this nintendo direct you know, I watched the uh, I watched the second trailer for uh, Tears of the Kingdom because it was trailer number two time, and I can say that uh, nothing in that trailer made me any more excited than I already was from the first trailer, which was not excited at all. 
So uh, there was floating platforms, and the game looked about the same. I'm just, I mean, we we're gonna play it because you know we all have switches. You know what? Maybe I can sell my switch at a garage sale before we deep dive <laughs> this, and I won't have to play the game. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm lukewarm on it. I I you know obviously that's like the biggest news. It's like the headline of it is hey we're you know we're we're ramping up towards that. It comes out what May 11th, May 12th, something like that. Um, and it's gonna be a big deal. Um, but as I scroll through the Nintendo Direct titles, um, I saw a few that kind of caught my eye that were like, you know, we've got more Mario Kart 8 stuff happening, um, you know, Metroid. But then I scrolled down towards, you know, what, what, what the article covered is like later on things. And I saw there's a Tron Identity puzzle game. And that just kind of made me scratch my head for a second because I think that Tron doesn't come up very often ever since like they tried to bring it back in what was like 2011 or 2013. They had that awful Tron legacy movie and that was supposed to restart the franchise and it didn't because it was bad and then we have a Tron game and that's basically just what I got from Nintendo's lineup was eh. yeah I think Metroid and uh, Tears of the Kingdom are definitely like the two heavy hitters I think you have to be a massive Nintendo fan to appreciate this latest Nintendo Direct to be honest because I am not um, neither is Michael for that matter It's nothing against the Switch necessarily. It's just like, I mean, almost every like release or thing that they focused on is just expansion or DLC. Like, that's the thing that gets me. And I've not, I'll be honest, I've not played some of these franchises. Like, I've never played Pikmin. You know, I've never played Advanced (laughs) Wars. Um, I've played Splatoon, but I don't care for it very much. I've never played the Xenoblade Chronicles. I've never played Fire Emblem. I know these are beloved franchises. I'm not saying anything against how good these are. What I mean is for a Nintendo Direct, there really wasn't anything like new or groundbreaking in this regard. It's like, hey, guys, we've got DLC. Oh, by the way, we've got DLC. Oh, yeah, we have DLC. <laughs> there's an expansion coming out for a game that I've never heard of. Um, oh, yep, there's going to be a demo for some DLC or an expansion in the future. So keep your eyes open for that. And then the one thing that everybody wanted to see, which was Tears of the Kingdom and another trailer for that. Um, I am warming on Tears of the Kingdom a little bit. I actually thought that this second trailer showed off some neat things for it. My wife saw it. She didn't even know. Like She saw it, and then she was like, she sends me this message, and she's like, is this for real? And it was like the Amazon listing for Tears of the Kingdom. And I was yeah. like, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, we're going to be... I, I've told you soon. about that game. And then she was like, well, you told me about Breath of the Wild, too. And I was like, <laughs> that's called Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> then she got super excited. She's like, we're playing this, right? And I'm like, yes, we're absolutely going to play this together. And she got really excited about it. I am, I am still not insanely excited. I don't know why. I probably will be when that gets closer because let's be honest, Breath of the Wild was a fantastic game. We joke about it being overhyped, but that doesn't mean that the game itself wasn't great. And I have a feeling they're going to crush it with Tears of the Kingdom. Well, I'm not too sure what more they could show to make you more excited because the big sell of this game is that it's more vertical. And we get to see a lot of things in here like skateboarding. You get to ride a tractor, apparently. There's hot air balloons, airships. It has, it's definitely a darker take than Breath of the Wild. You know, it looks like it has a heavier atmosphere. I, I'm super excited about it. I mean, Michael, Michael is pretty biased against Zelda. I don't know that they could show anything that he would care about. Uh, I, I think the fact that some people have criticized it by saying, well, clearly they're just reusing a bunch of assets from Breath of the Wild, and it's just going to be more of that. 
we say all the time, like, if it's a great game, just give me more of it, and that's what I want. And right. this looks like they're not just doing that. They're definitely going further, and it's bringing innovation. Um, this game is going to be $70, but Nintendo has also said that is not the norm moving forward. They evaluate every game on a case-by-case basis. And because this one's been in development for so long with high cost, it is going to cost a full $70, which we have not seen on the Switch. Also probably $70 just because they know they can get $70 from a Zelda title. Let's be honest. They'll say high cost and all that stuff, but they could have probably profited on 60 But it's just because they know they could charge 80 for this game. Realistically, they could charge $100. they are going to sell as many copies because people who love this game love this game. And also, it's a Nintendo property. And if you're a Switch user, you don't really have a choice because everything they do is proprietary. Yeah. My, I was just going to say that I... I'm okay with them charging $70 for this game because I do not doubt that this game is going to be worth $70. Like the content is going to be great. The length of the game is going to be great. It's not going to be buggy. It's going to be polished. You are going to get your $70 worth hands down. I cannot imagine a world where that's not true. Unlike a game like Forspoken that we just covered where it was $70 and then you look at it and you go, I paid $70 for the steaming pile of poop. Like what's going <laughs> right. on? You know, like, but that's the thing. So I don't mind that model at all. I'm not happy about paying $70. Don't get me wrong. But what I'm seeing is as a gamer, I'm okay with a model that says, Hey, we are delivering you a fantastic video game that is miles above most of what is out there. By the way, we'd like to charge you a little bit more for that. Fine. Okay. You know, I I got no issues with that. Yeah, I don't I don't mind the cost so much. And by the way, it's funny because it sounds like my bias against this game is is overwhelmingly negative. It's really just that I don't buy into the hype that people say this is the best game ever made, which is a lot of people say that. It was pretty good. I enjoyed it. I will play it, and I will probably enjoy it. I am happy to see the new assets with the verticality. I liked all the platform stuff you're seeing. Like in the trailer, they show they they really do reveal highlight a lot of that, like big big high platforms, floating cities, and stuff like that. Like that that piqued my interest. I will play this game. I'm sure I'll have a good time. I just thought the open world was kind of meh, and I'm hoping for more out of this. Like, <laughs> give me more things in the open world that are just exciting than just I'm gonna go kill that thing over there because it's the thing I see. Well, yeah, Breath of the Wild won every award, and Tears of the Kingdom has been nominated for Most Anticipated Game three years in a row at the Game Awards, and it won just a couple months ago. So, yeah, safe to say for most people, this is like number one on their anticipation list, and we've got just a couple months to wait it out. Uh, also, don't sleep on the Metroid Prime remake. I would love nothing more to play it. I do not have the time. Metroid Prime is one of the all-time highest rated games by critics, if you guys don't know. The original is a 97 on Metacritic, and the remake's got a 94, so it seems like it's pretty successful. Uh, users have even rated the remaster, uh, or the remake, a 9.1. So, uh, I would love to play it. We just don't have time on our schedule, but I'm sure a lot of people out there are loving it, because that one goes all the way back to GameCube. Uh, been a while since that one came out played it wow. loved it fantastic game love the metroid yeah. series to be honest um it's <laughs> odd that that series has kind of fallen off i did a, a quick takes on metroid dread which i still have uh to this day I, I, you know that's one where sometimes it's it's good to remake a classic that you know maybe people missed and and that one i'm okay with yeah all right well we are going to take a short break and we'll be right back with more multiplayer gaming podcast If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. 
So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Okay, we are back. Next up on the docket, we got our first look at an upcoming game called Pacific Drive. This is a game being made by Ironwood Studios, and it is being called a first-person driving survival roguelike game. I don't know that I've ever heard those words put together. Um, this is a game that takes place in the Pacific Northwest, and you basically make runs from checkpoint to checkpoint in a tricked-out 80s station wagon, uh, exploring five different biomes of what they are calling the Olympic Exclusion Zone, Basically, in a nutshell, there's a lot of phenomena and uh, different mysteries going on in the world, causing all these different anomalies. You're out there trying to investigate and figure out what happened. This one looks very intriguing, but I will say it also looks a little bit bananas from this first look. <laughs> bananas. I'll take those bananas. <laughs> I don't know what it is about this game that makes me so excited, but like, I'm not kidding. I might be looking forward to this game more than like Diablo 4. Like, I saw this trailer, <laughs> oh and I'm goodness. like, it's unique, it's different. They show at the end, like, this montage, like, real quick with, you know how they do when, like, and you see, like, the same looking car just with all bunch of different versions and upgrades and stuff, and I'm like, it looks like you do so much fun stuff to this car while you're out exploring this crazy world. From what I gather, you go out, you do these missions, you get more stuff, you come back, you upgrade your car, you keep doing missions. It might be repetitive, who knows, but there's something about this game that I'm so stinking excited about, and I, I can't explain it. It's just, maybe it's because it's different and it's a stupid station wagon that you can put like a supercharger on or whatever but i'm excited about it i i'm with michael <laughs> i can't believe i'm saying this man but i'm yes. with michael on this one we're bonkers and, and i'm not gonna say that paul didn't call us both crazy uh apart from the show when oh, this this game we looked at this and you and i both went yeah we want to talk about that and paul went what like, well, to be what? fair, I, 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 I enjoyed the trailer. I'm the one who sent it to you guys, but I was like, we're going to talk about Resident Evil 4, right? And you guys are like, give me that Pacific Drive. And I was yep. like, all right, let's yeah. talk about station wagons. Let's yeah. do it. Oh, man. I, I This game may be terrible. I, I mean, it could, <laughs> might be awful. There's a very high likelihood that this game sucks. But I'll say that the trailer did a great job, man. I love unique gaming aspects. Like, I love innovation. I like when people go out, like, they think outside the box. And having a station wagon be the main thing that is your <laughs> lifeline in this crazy world that is filled with all sorts of phenomena. And I, I mean, there's solar weird storms that, like, where gravity is gone and things are lifting off the planet and you're, you can't be out in that. There's these weird alien robot things that, if they sense the presence of your car, they'll like stick to it and weigh it down or blow up on it. Or I don't know, man. There's electrical storms. There's all kinds of neat things going on. And your job is to fix up your car and then drive. And I'm like, dude, if the driving in this game is even remotely good, on top of the, oh, look, there's a scrapped car. I need to go try to salvage some some doors off of it and a battery so that you can upgrade your station wagon. I could see that gameplay loop being really fun. I, yeah. I, I don't know what it is that, that grabbed my attention and made me go, I think I want to play that game. But <laughs> that also comes with, this game's probably going to suck, but it looks really neat. <laughs> 
it definitely is a brand new take that I haven't really seen in gaming. I really love the fact that while you're in the station wagon, you've got your little computer set up with like modern technology. Yeah. So you can see like the overall structure of the car and where is their damage. But I think what is very cool about it is that as you're driving through these biomes and all the different phenomena are hitting you, you can lose individual parts of your car. So it might blow your door off. And now you have to scrap together material you find in the world to make a makeshift door and put it back on your car and then be able to drive it. Um, you can lose tires while you're out and about. And these are all the things that you have to deal with as far as survival goes. It, they, they are saying that it's a little bit roguelike because you go out on a run and if you basically die or if you run out of gas or if you run out of battery power, because these are all different resources you have to manage that you'll just start the run back over, but you lose a bunch of your resources available and you'll just have to try it again and try to make it to the next checkpoint. And you just keep going and try to solve the mystery of what's causing all this stuff out in the wilderness. Like it's pretty cool to see all the work and all the different things you can put on your car. They, I I read in some articles, you can have things like wind power generators to help recharge your battery. You can have additional fuel tanks. You can install roof racks, which anybody who grew up in the 80s and 90s know what roof racks were. Station we, wagons got to have a roof rack. Yes. You used to tie all your <laughs> luggage to the roof of your car, right? Or your grandma, if it's the movie uh, vacation. And um, uh, I, you can even install lightning rods. So then if you do drive through lightning storms, it's kind of like back to the future. They're hitting your lightning rod and charging your battery. I love hearing silly, goofy things. Like in real life, you can't just harness lightning to charge your car battery. Uh, but I love the idea of putting it in this kind of weird, wacky, sci-fi, retro, modern thing. I, it's very weird. You got to go watch a video. It's called Pacific Drive. You have to go check this one out. Yeah. 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 The gameplay really helps to kind of explain the idea behind it. it. This one's a weird one, but it really did grab my attention. And so I am cautiously excited about this one. <laughs> yeah. This, this game looks like it's either going to be a complete waste of time and like, okay, great idea, really before execution, or it's going to be something that I just keep revisiting once a year for a couple of weeks and just going back to that well for 20 years. Like just one of those fun games. Doesn't look like something you're going to play for like, you know, a hundred hours, but like just keep going <laughs> no. back, play for a weekend, go back to it next year and just have a great time with it. I, that's what I'm hoping because it, it just looks, it's unique. It's so unique looking. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a single player game, but when, when I was watching footage, I kept thinking this would work really well with co-op. I would love the idea of like one person fending off the creatures while the other one's trying to fix the car and like working <laughs> together and that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, this one will be coming out on PlayStation and PC. There's already a Steam page, which I thought was neat. So it's one that you might want to go check out and maybe wish list, but we'll definitely keep our eye on this one. And then our, our last story of the week. We we did talk a little bit in lead up to The Last of Us releasing on HBO, and we said maybe if we were all checking it out, that we would come back and maybe give some of our thoughts halfway through the season. Have you guys been watching? Are you all caught up to date? Have we all seen episode five at this point? Absolutely. I have. Yeah. Yep. Do we want to just go ahead and go in all spoilers on what's happened up to this point and just kind of give our thoughts? I think I can. I mean, I can give my thoughts spoiler free in case. Yeah, right. honestly, I, I mean... 
As somebody that played the game for probably six hours, uh, I, I quit playing the game when you were still trying to escape the beginning area. You were escorting Ellie kind of past like the Federal guards and stuff like that. If I remember right, I feel like that's about six hours in. It's like the first about episode six of the show. Yeah. Like, honestly, it's funny <laughs> yeah. because like all this stuff and my family kept saying like, dad, do you know what's happening? Do you know what's happening? In the first episode, I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've done all this. But then it got to the point where they, they were asking me questions and I'm like, guys, I don't, I don't really. <laughs> know what happened i didn't play the game yeah. like that long and then they're like is this in the game and i'm like i i don't know i didn't play it that much the show is freaking fantastic man like i did not know what to expect i was pretty sure it was going to be good but as somebody that the show is basically at a point now where i know nothing about how it ties into the game or if it even ties into the game at this point like this last episode was that in the game kathleen is solely made up for the series mm -hmm. but a lot of the other characters that are interconnected with that storyline are in the game and there are a lot of notes in the game that talk about things that were happening but there are a couple things that they added for the series yeah but they, they don't divert much though no yeah no, it's very faithful to the last of us yeah. they only add a little bit to make it work as a TV series. Okay, but it's it's phenomenal. My, my whole family is watching this. I mean, both my my girls, my wife, and myself, it's very rare that the four of us agree on anything. And, you know, it, the this recent episode came out Friday because of the Super Bowl, and I went, oh, hey, guys, we, all, we got Last of Us tonight. And everybody was like, oh, yes! Like, what time <laughs> can we watch it? You know, I was like, 7 o'clock. And they're like, okay, 7 o'clock, it's on. And I was just like, this is great. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the more interesting things about this, and I'll speak to this spoiler-free as well, is the changes they do in the show. Um, I was watching an interview after episode three, I think, um, which might have been the Bill and Frank episode. Um, yeah, that's episode three. Yeah, and they talk about the changes. And the showrunners said, listen, we're, we're going to make some changes because... It's they didn't say this part, but it's kind of why they make changes. It's difficult to sit there and say we're going to make a first person shooter have actual story and a lot more. Like every episode would just be like thirty minutes of us shooting zombies because this game is a lot of us shooting zombies or people, right? But they said the only time we'll make changes is we'll look at it holistically and say, does this change make the show better? Or does it make it worse or the same? If it makes it the same or worse, we don't make a change. We leave it. And if we think it makes it better, we make the change. And so there's a pretty big divergent in the game that I won't get into in the Bill and Frank episode where instantly you're like, this is not how the game played out. But you watch this whole episode and you're like, you know what, though? I think that was better for a television format to make it go that way because, again... It, well, if you play the game, the Bill episode or the Bill chapter, the chapter in Billstown is a lot of shooting and hiding and running. It's the whole thing is that. And there's literally like no shooting in this whole episode. You just get a different perspective of what happened at a different time. And I think it added something to the game for me is like this could have actually gone this way. And I think that was a really nice thing that they're making these changes to make it a more well-balanced TV show and not just like 30 minutes of us shooting zombies in every single episode. Yeah, I think one of the things the show has done so incredibly well, and by the way, I mean, all HBO shows are great. Like, none of them are bad. They're all a scale of good to all-time greatest show. They're all kind of on that scale. But this show has done such a good job because you have characters on the move, right? So you're going to have a lot of characters come in and out. And this show is able to just give you a five-minute scene with new characters, and you are already 100% behind these characters you understand who they are what their motivations are what they're trying to do 
and you just fully understand it. And when you're dealing with an apocalyptic, you know, zombie kind of show, there's going to be deaths and things are going to happen and not everyone's going to survive to the end of the story. And the drama and the loss and the exhilaration and the comedy, like all of it works mm. together so well. Uh, the, the one thing I was maybe a little bit hesitant about going into it was the casting of Bella Ramsey, because she doesn't really look like the Ellie in the game. And I thought she was such a good actor on Game of Thrones. But as soon as you start watching her in the show, she perfectly embodies Ellie's spirit in the game. Where 100%. She's, oh, 100%. She's feisty, and she's not always going to listen to Joel, <laughs> but she's very smart. She's always throwing out jokes that aren't going to land with Joel because he's just like too hard to laugh at her jokes. And then she'll do the little sarcastic comments under her breath. I think that, and then Pedro Pascal, we all knew he was going to be great. He's never yeah. been bad in a single thing. I think the casting of them two has worked out to be so perfect. I think the show is so meticulously made. It, it just, it's firing on all cylinders. You have to watch the show. It's appointment viewing. I don't let this one lag behind. I want to watch it as yeah. soon as it's available. And I think it's been a while since I've had a show like that. I will say it definitely tugs on the heartstrings. Like this show has me emotionally invested in the characters and what's going on, um, which is not an easy accomplishment for, you know, being five episodes in um, mm -hmm. for most TV nowadays. I mean, it's pretty rare that I care that much about characters in a show or something like that. And so now this makes me wonder because I know like Paul, you talk about last of us as one of your favorite games, you know, ever, and I never finished it, but now I'm kind of going like it's gonna be so good. Now, oh, but now yeah. it's like I'm thinking like, dude, if the game if the game emotionally grabs me like the show is, then I might want to go back and revisit this game because I petered out. But maybe that was a mistake. Yeah, it it grabbed me. I, my feelings on The Last of Us are probably very parallel to Paul's. I loved this game, and I only played it after the PS4 remaster. Um. I have not played the second one yet. I own it. <laughs> Big surprise, I own it. <laughs> um, but I haven't played it. I really want to. But I think one of the things that HBO does the best, and uh, this will be my last comment because I know we got to kill this show at some point, but um, is they do that, what Josh just said. You're barely into the show, and you are so emotionally invested into so many characters. Even in the last episode that we watched, episode five, you are... Every episode seems like it has single-serving characters because it's the nature of this game where you're going to meet characters that, you know, as they're traveling across the country, they may not be a part of more than one or two episodes. But in one episode, you're introduced to characters, and within 48 minutes, which is the average runtime for this show or whatever, by the end, you're like, oh, man, that was powerful, and I'll never see this character again, but they impacted me. And HBO has done that very well. It's something It's like in their secret sauce somehow they're able to do that. In one episode, you can meet a character. That character can die or move on or leave the show in some other method, and you're still touched by them like it's watching a movie. Maybe that's the secret sauce is they treat every episode like a movie. I don't know, but it's it's incredible the way that characters are, are driven in these, in these shows they make. Totally agree. Highly recommend it to everybody. So, yeah, I mean, go check that one out for sure. And uh, if, if you don't have HBO, you probably know someone who does. And they're not cracking down on password sharing like Netflix. Yeah. So <laughs> you can probably find someone who's got it. All right. Any uh, any other thoughts on Last of Us or are we ready to shut this one down? Shut her down. Yeah. Just my last <laughs> thought is just go watch it. Whether you play the game or not, go watch it. Yeah, yeah. It's I, I want to say so many things that are spoilerish, but maybe we'll wait till the series ends. Yeah, let's let's do like a yeah. whole let's let's do a bonus round on it at the end. 
Yeah, I have, I have. I especially have a lot of thoughts about Kathleen, and I didn't know how I'd feel about that character. And I, right. I really love a lot with Kathleen. I thought well, it was really fascinating. She fit. It's funny because you can make up a character, but she fit the overall feel and message of the show perfectly with what you needed. You know, I don't. I don't know. It's we'll, yeah. we'll keep going, but you get it. Like it's, it's just shut up. Watch the show. It helps develop and keep the momentum of the story in a really natural way. All right. Well, that wraps up everything for this week in gaming. Thank you so much to everyone for sticking around. Please go check out our Patreon page at MultiplayerSquad.com and come say hi to us on socials. You can find us everywhere at MultiplayerPod. And as always, we will be back on Saturday with a quick take episode. And then Monday, we will have a bonus round for you all. Thanks again, everybody. And until next time, happy gaming. Ah, this episode went too fast. Cheers, all. (laughs) They always do. See everybody.